Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks on a Saturday night as we are underway on your Flames Talk post-game show. My name is Pat Steinberg. Let's head immediately to the Flames locker room and check in with Flames forward Yegor Sharangovich. Yegor, thank you very much for the time. And uh, just uh, overall, your thoughts on this game for the group tonight. How how did you see this game tonight? Uh, I think we have a not good start you know in first period we give a lot of chances against you know and after we uh, started battle harder you know and tried to come back in the game but you know like we scored a goal and for three make it but it's a little bit too late yeah we should play you know more aggressive like and better in the game what did you like about the third period as your team was able to score a couple times and make it close yeah, third period we actually start playing, you know, better than our say, first and second period because we played more aggressive, you know, put it back deep and, you know, make a turnovers, make a you know, like couple chances to score and, yeah, we score a couple goals, but it's not enough for the. What did you see on the first Lindholm goal, the one that you assisted on? How did you see that one? Uh, I just went to blue line like three high and. Chris Tanev passed it to me and I saw it like Lindy down low open and I just passed it to him and he make a good move and score a goal. And finally, Yegor, just uh, how, how are you liking the chemistry building and what is building between you, Elias, and uh, and Andrew? How do you like the way your line is playing? Uh, it's, you know, we played like not bad in the offense zone. Yeah, make it, you know, chances to score, but we should probably you know we should play better in D zone because we still give you know a couple of goals against and when we play it well in D zone after we play it well in offense zone we just need to make you know fix it like mistakes in D zone Yegor, thank you very much for the time. Good luck on Tuesday, hey? Thank you. That is Yegor Sharangovich post-game following a Flames 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We are underway on your Flames Talk post-game show. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pat Steinberg around the table with Corey Sarich, who's with us for the rest of this homestand, and Derek Wills as well. And guys, uh, the Flames never had a lead in this game. They trailed for more, uh, they trailed for more than 57 minutes in this game and and Sarchi I, I know that they have built up this reputation of being able to come back in games and they made it a one goal game on a couple of occasions but that's not not always going to happen and and it's uh it's it's tough to trail and chase for that long isn't it, it? yeah it's definitely not a recipe for success you want to be out of the gates with the lead and again it happened quick tonight that they were behind um we did talk a little bit about the bounces that didn't go the way of the Calgary Flames tonight, but again, it's being prepared off the start, and it was the first time in the last few games where I thought their preparation wasn't just quite as sharp as it should have been. Um, it took them a few extra shifts to get going tonight, and you know what? Ultimately, it might have turned out to be the difference. Yeah, they never led in the game, but they were also never out of the game. And this team and their resilience continues to impress me. I thought it was a really even hockey game that could have gone either way and 
the Canucks were just the more opportunistic of the two teams. I think about the goal that Nikita Zadorov scored in his first game with the Canucks and against his former team, the Flames, the two game days winner after too. he got traded. Turns out to be the game winner into the empty net from about 150 feet. Yep. That thing was going five feet wide and took bounces and hops and rolls and went right in the net. And that wound up being the difference in this hockey game. And, you know, even after giving up that goal, the Flames scored their second power play goal of the night to make it a one-goal game again. And if they get a fortuitous bounce in the last 30 seconds or so, maybe they send this game to overtime. So you're playing against a team that came in tied for fourth overall, and you went toe-to-toe with them. So I, I don't feel badly about the Flames. I just I think this game was there for the taking, and they just didn't take it. I thought they were significantly less consistent and significantly less on it than the first two games I would agree. of this homestand. Yeah. I just thought there were more peaks and valleys in their game, and I thought that they like they had Dallas and Vegas on their heels almost all night in those two games. I felt like tonight it was just they, they their details were maybe lacking a little bit more. I just I, I I came away from this game. Yeah, they got within one a couple times. I just came away much less impressed with what I saw from the Flames than I than what I saw from them in their first two games of the homestand. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I feel the same way about the Canucks. I thought it was just one of those games where both teams had a hard time kind of reeling it in. Yeah, there were big momentum swings in this yeah. game too. You had one team that would start pressing and Again, I thought when some of the Calgary Flames did their best work, uh, it would result just later in a, in a bounce and the puck going in their in their net at the other end. Like I really thought they were gaining some traction, especially in the second period, and they're putting forth some. You were you were calling it, Wilsey, and there was like probably three minutes that they spent down in the Canucks end and you think okay here's the t- here's the turning point they're going to get going but again just some other sloppy plays out there too I for me I noted exits and entries like there's a few times where the puck would go into the middle of the Flames defensive zone and no one's really there to pick it up and it's a puck in question and then entering a few times flat passes across the blind that you're just hoping the Canucks don't pounce on and take the other way so those little details just just a little sloppy. That's that's, yeah. that's yeah. what it was from both sides. And for me, things kind of turn for the Flames in a sense that their strength for quite some time has been their five-on-five play. I didn't think that was as good in this game, but they won the special teams battle by two. They scored two power play goals, and they go a perfect four for four against the good Canucks power play. Like, they were really good on special teams, just not good enough at even strength. Yeah, and that'll be the talk tomorrow. It'll be yeah. it'll be putting it all together then again. So now you get yeah. you get one going, and then the other fails you a little bit. And uh, that's always what coaches are trying to strive for in their teams and drive into their teams is the consistency in all areas. And it just is a little unfortunate that they do get their special teams rolling and the rest just lacked a little something tonight. It's hard to put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. Only the uh, second time this season the Flames have scored multiple power play goals in a game. They did so tonight in a 4-3 loss to Vancouver. And of course, our marquee matchup tonight was Nikita Zadorov playing his old team. Uh, of course, somehow he gets the game winner uh, into an empty net. That was our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Of course, it would end up going like that. Um, 
Sarchi, start thinking about a hardest working flame. We'll get to you very shortly on that. But I wanted to bounce this off you, gents. Um, because they trailed for 57 minutes and 57 seconds tonight, um, the Flames are now uh, number two in the NHL in terms of amount of time trailing in games. Through 24 games, Sarchi, they've trailed for 731 minutes and 35 seconds. Only Anaheim has trailed for more in games. I think they're also bottom four for the amount of times they've led in games in the league. Uh, look, the comebacks are great, and that is something that you can't take away from them. Wilsey and I have talked a lot about you don't take that belief away, you don't take the points away, you don't take the wins away, but it is also something that they, they, they probably got to start to change that narrative as time goes along here. Yeah, over the course of an 82-game schedule, it's not going to be in your favor if you're trailing. Like, we look at the, the comeback kids from however many years ago here in Calgary, and that was kind of an absolute anomaly, and that's not going to happen again. So we can't be banking on that. And you can be resilient for a while, and you I think that that's, that's been part of the reason that the Flames have turned this thing around is because of their strong attitudes, mm-hmm. because of their belief in what's going on. But if you're going to have to do it from behind all the time, I mean, that's going to wear on you mentally. You can't keep it up. I don't care who you are. It's too much of a grind. It's too long of a schedule. You've got to play with leads. It's hard to chase in games, especially when you're chasing in the season, which after a 2-7-1 and seven and one start, uh, the Flames were. So... Yeah, they're going to have to figure out what it takes to get off to better starts. Didn't like their start at all tonight. And maybe it's, I don't know, starting the fourth line. Uh, We've seen other teams do that where basically the mindset is try to win the opening faceoff, get the puck in, and try to cycle it. Spend some time in the offensive zone. Try to get through your four lines and three pairings pretty quickly in the hockey game so everybody gets a, a feel for the game. But, yeah, the starts have not been strong. As a matter of fact, I would say the starts have been one of the biggest Achilles heels for this team so yeah. far this season. Uh, let's select tonight's hardest-working Flame. 4-3 ends up being the final score. Flames fall to the Vancouver Canucks. Hardest-working Flames brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Sarchi, which way are you uh, leaning on this one tonight? Well, it's, it's tough for me. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Igor Sharon. Govich, I thought he was really good with the puck tonight and he was very engaged and I just noticed him all over the ice but I'm going to tip my hat to Dylan Dubé even with his limited amount of ice time he had a couple of the Flames best chances out there I know he's going to be kicking himself what did you call him Wilson Wilson Dylan, Dylan over Dubé, over Dubé. <laughs> and I hope that nickname goes away for him He's a guy that's just sucked it up for the Calgary Flames. He's been playing in a little bit of a reduced role, and he is an ultimate team player. And he came prep tonight, and uh, I would have just loved to see one of those go in the back of the net for him. So Dylan Dubé is tonight's hardest-working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. I believe uh, Mark Savard is on his way down and will be joining us here in our uh, Flames Talk post-game show following a Flames 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks uh, with Derek Wills and Corey Sarich. My name is Pat Stein around the table um the importance though and we're going to talk to the guy who runs the power play in just a second but the importance of scoring a couple of power play goals can't go understated in this game either huge and you could see it coming i predicted uh, before the game when Corey and i were talking off the air that they would score a power play goal tonight i didn't know if they'd get two but you could see it coming they were really dangerous the last couple of games lots of zone time way better movement 
Lots of chances. The puck just wasn't going in, and tonight it did a couple of times, which was great to see. Let's say hello to Mark Savard, Flames assistant coach, following uh, this one against Vancouver tonight. Uh, we'll get to the power play in just a second, but just overall, what uh, what did you see from the group out there tonight? I, I thought, uh, you know, first and foremost, our execution wasn't very good tonight. Um, we weren't breaking pucks out very well, and it, it kind of bled into the rest of our game. And for me tonight, you know, a lot of guys weren't going, and it's tough when you have those nights. And, you know, but we give the guys credit. They stuck with it, and we gave it what we had late, and uh, we just came up a little short. I I completely agree with the uh, lack of execution. I was noticing just a little bit on the entries, on the exits tonight. Um, skating legs, is it anything to do with with the schedule is it anything to do with um uh, i i know maybe you're not a big believer in the uh in morning skates full team battle drills there's been there's been that managing the schedule right now where the guys need a few days off and things like that has that had any effect on their legs out there on the ice or is are you guys in a good rhythm with where your scheduling is for these players yeah, I, I think you bring up a good point. We don't like to make excuses, but we've been on the road for a long time here. We, we had a tough start uh, that way. Uh, Husk has done a really good job, though, giving these guys some time and, and, and re-energizing. We haven't had a lot of practice time. It's been, like you said, morning skates, and uh, it gets tough. But, uh, you know, they've done a good job for the, for, the, you know, for the most. And, you know, we got two days now, so I think tomorrow we'll get a full day rest again. We'll be able to have a good practice on, on Monday and get back after it. But, yeah, it, we don't want to make excuses, but yeah, these guys, I, I know they're, they're a little bit tired and, and we're trying to get through it, but um, you know, the, they don't make any excuses. You know, they gave what they had late again, but like you said, it, it was all execution for me tonight. Well, Mark, I'm excited. I get to ask you about the power play because, and we talked to Ryan Husko about it over the last couple of days. You could see it coming. You didn't score in the last couple of games, but you were right there. What have you liked about the power play and, and what allowed you to score a couple tonight? Well, I, I think we're, we're really trying to simplify. Um, you know, we're trying to get pucks to the net. We're trying to retrieve pucks and then just reattack again. Um, and, you know, we got Sharon Govich. We found a guy who can one-time pucks, which helps your power play. We didn't really have a, a shooting threat, so he's out there. Um, we seem to have a good good mix. We've been winning more face-offs, which is key, I think, and, and we're trying to get the puck to the net quicker. But, um, you know, t- to be honest, too, we've we've tried everybody in every position, as you know. So we seem to have found a, a bit of, of something right now. So it's it's working. And, and the second unit, too, they when they get an opportunity, they, they kicked in tonight, too, as well. So we're starting to see some more confidence from our guys, and I think that, that'll go a long way. Chatting with uh, Mark Savard, Flames assistant coach, following a loss to Vancouver. You pick up on, on Sharon Govich and, and what you've seen from him. Kind of start of November is when it felt like from the outside he really started to find it. But what have you seen from him of late? Well, I, I just think, you know, he's he's playing with Lindy. He seemed to have found a home a bit. Uh, you know, he's he's been digging a little more, getting in there. You know, we've been working on him with that, trying to trying to be a little bit more aggressive on pucks, and I think it's carried over in his game as well. But he does have a great shot, and he can skate. Uh, he's been really good on the power play for entries for us. We found a guy that can that can take lug the mail up the ice, and that's helped. But, uh, yeah, I think just, just a little more, you know, he, he's getting in there, grinding a little more, and I think it's it's helping the rest of his game out. Mark, with the growth on the power play and these guys gaining confidence and finding their rhythm, can you just break it down for the fans a little bit? Has it been mostly on ice or has there been a lot of video work behind the scenes as well? 
Well, there, there's been a lot of video work behind the scenes. Uh, like we said, we haven't had much practice time, so really we, we haven't been able to work on our breakouts much and stuff like that. Most of it's in-zone stuff and just trying to make, you know, move that puck quick and, and not dust it. But, yeah, it's been a lot of video, and, it, and it's taking guys like your, you know, like Hanny and, and showing them, you know, Quinn Hughes and guys like that, how they're moving up top, Kale McCarr, you know, just to get them moving more and one touch in pucks. You know, there's still another level for us to get to where we'd like to, you know, move bodies around and, and, and get more movement but first you know first and foremost we just got to get the results and 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 once we start feeling good about ourselves we can add a little more i call it phase two as a joke but uh we can add mm. another phase to it once we can simplify and, and keep getting rewarded like we did tonight savvy the seven come from behind wins and specifically the five third period comeback wins They've been a lot of fun for the fans, I'm sure, for the players and even for the coaches. But I know in a perfect world, you guys would love to lead from start to finish in every single game that you play. Would you agree that starts have been an issue? And if so, as a former player and a current coach, what goes into a good start both before the puck drops and after? Well, and I think Corey can attest, like, it's a lot of it is, is the players, too, being ready for, for the game. You know, we, we drop a plan, and we always talk about having a good start, but it, it comes down to the players being ready right from the beginning. Um, but again, you know, when I say that, it, it, the nice thing is, is even tonight in the third with the comebacks we've had, you know, there's a, there's a feeling on the bench that, hey, we, we can do this again, and that's a nice feeling. But again, we'd like to obviously come out better and, and, and get some leads. And, you know, we, we have a chart in our room that, you know, we always chart first periods as if it's a win or a loss. And usually when you do see a win in that column, you know, the games generally turn out pretty good. So that's something we'd like to get better at again. But again, on the on the back end of that, the comebacks have been great. And, and that keeps the bench in it. We know we have a chance. We can still do this. And uh, we almost did it again tonight. But mm -hmm. we, we're not going to be able to do it every yeah. night, obviously. Uh, just a final thought. You know, the, the last time you had a night that was kind of, I, I feel like the team was not happy with the overall effort was that game in Nashville. And you, you bounced back really well with a big win in Dallas. What's, what's been key for how your group has been able to respond after losses over the last little while? Yeah, I, I think we've been really good at turning the page and just, you know, if it wasn't a great game, you know, we'll we'll dig in, we'll show some some negative clip, well, not negative, but building clips and learning clips, and but then, you know, finish off with some positive to, to keep the, the morale up in the group. So I think that's what we'll look to do. We'll, we'll take a couple of clips that we can teach from, show some good stuff, and then move on and, and be ready for uh, Tuesday. Appreciate the time, Mark. As always, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. That's Mark thank Savard, you. Flames assistant coach, following tonight's 4-3 uh, loss to the Vancouver Canucks here at the Scotiabank. Saddled on Pat Steinberg, Corey Sarich, Derek Wills around the table. Uh, Flames talk postgame on Apple and Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open as well at 960-960. Uh, gents, let's just get some final thoughts from you two as uh, we start to uh, wrap up our broadcast. A, awesome to have uh, Corey with us for the next three games and uh, this one makes four. Corey with us for the rest of the homestand but uh, some final thoughts from our broadcast duo starting with you Sarchi. Well you know like it, it, it's interesting I listen to what Mark had to say and it you forget how much of a grind that these seasons are right we're a little over a quarter of the way through this thing and these guys have played most of their most of their games out on the road they come home those are two hard-fought battles against dallas and against vegas two of the top teams in the league and you come tonight and then we get a little bit nitpicky on on execution and things like that and that's what it does take to win in this league it's the teams that can do all the little things the best night in and night out and 
Again, it wasn't quite there for the Calgary Flames, but again, it's not something where this is going to set the fans off, set everybody into panic mode. It was still a great effort, and they, with a few bounces their their way, this thing could have been completely different. So again, we talk a lot about that start. They are going to have to sharpen it up because again, this playing from behind it will will. If you if you're saying they're tired already, you continue to do that every night. It's just going to add more. Yeah, and they probably were a little bit tired because they came off a long road trip where they played four games in six days, had a long flight back from Denver after last Saturday's game, pretty quick turnaround, third game this week, and the last two games went to overtime, and they had to fight back to to pick up two points in those two overtime wins. So uh, they probably were a little bit physically and mentally tired tonight, and they didn't have their A game, but they came pretty close to picking up a point, maybe two with their B game, against a team that came into this game tied for fourth overall in the NHL, a good Canucks squad. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm not super down on the Flames after this one. Uh, they could have been sharper, for sure. They could have got off to a better start, but there's also some positives. They scored on the power play for the first time in six games, snapping an 0-for-17 streak with a man advantage. They scored not once, but twice on the power play. They go perfect four for four on the penalty kill. So, you know, five on five has been their strength during the, the last month or so. Tonight it was special teams. If they can get both things going, then they're going to be in pretty good shape. So, you know, they're two, one and oh to start the homestand. You got three big games coming up. And uh, uh, I know it sounds cliche, but uh, one at a time. So uh, see if you can bounce back with a better effort uh, or, or better execution, I think is a better way to put it on Tuesday night. And I'm sure just one last yeah. thought, the Flames, like it's always looming there as a player. It's that 500 mark. You get there, you want to get over. Yeah. You get there, you want to get over. And now just going to have to do a little work to string a couple yep. together to get there. Thank you, boys. That was good. Uh, Corey Sarich, Derek Wills, uh, wrapping things up. Bonsoir, Pat. Bonsoir. Uh, Corey and Derek done with us on our Flames Talk postgame show, but we're just getting started. Phone calls, text coming up, and right now head coach Ryan Huska. Let's hear from Ryan postgame following his team's 4-3 loss to Vancouver. What would you, what'd you see as the difference tonight? Uh, the start of the game for me, I thought we were on our heels early on, and, and they started with more urgency than we did tonight. Can you just talk about how hard it is to constantly trail in this league? Um, yeah, it's not a recipe for success, that's for sure. Um, I like what our guys do when they get behind. They, they stay with it. Um, but we're finding ourselves in that position a little bit too often. Yeah. What did you think of your team's special teams tonight? Um, well, we, we scored on the power play, which is a positive for sure. I, I thought it had moments. Um, then it had moments where it looked like the power play of old. Um, but scoring two goals allows them to feel good about kind of what they're supposed to do. And I thought our penalty kill did a good job. That five on three could have been the difference in the game tonight. And there was quite a bit of, I guess, buzz and build up around this game. Why do you think the kind of sluggish start from your group? You know, I'm not sure. To be quite honest with you, we felt like they were all set and ready to go tonight. It just um, part of it would come to the way Vancouver plays. They do a really good job of not giving you a lot of room, and that kind of tends to um, lead to a little bit of frustration at times because they they skate well. Um, and I think that probably had something to do with it. Exactly how to ask this, but like talking to the guys, they yeah. seemed almost annoyed with their own performance, and you know, as opposed to we can't figure out answers. They yeah. were like, we're better than this. Does that speak to the standards being quite high right now for this group? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, 
Probably. I mean, they, they know how they have to play to have success, and I don't think they were happy with the start of the game. I mean, if, if you could replicate the third period, um, you know, we, we probably would have had a, well, we would have given ourselves to have a, a chance to have a better fate tonight. So, yeah. There you go. That's uh, head coach Ryan Huska post-game following tonight's Flames 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, want to do this right away. First of all, make a correction uh, on our marquee matchup for Country Hills Toyota. We did say that Nikita Zadorov scored the game-winning goal. That has been changed as uh, we continue along. It uh, is Elias Pettersson scores into the empty net. Zadorov gets the primary assist, but they have changed that. It's Elias Pettersson uh, scoring Nikita Zadorov with the assist and Tyler Myers with the other assist that ended up being the uh, game winner into the empty net uh, but Azama just put into uh, raw audio I just put in uh, a Nikita Zadorov piece I want to play that as well Nikita Zadorov back in town he got traded on Thursday we heard from him this morning and then he plays against his former team tonight here at the Scotiabank Saddledome let's hear from uh, Nikita post game following tonight's 4-3 loss for the Flames against Nikita's new team the Canucks Nikita, what, uh, what was tonight like for you? Weird, fun, lots of mixed emotions, you know. I mean, it was kind of weird to skate on the side of the ice for warm-up. But when the, when the game started, you know, was, uh, start focusing on the game, make some plays, you know, just enjoying it. How did you like the way, you, the, play, the way that you played and the way you fit in, game one? Yeah, good. I mean, I had a few days off, so kind of hard on the altitude, so... Gotta get back in shape. <laughs> were, you, were you surprised about the reception or the booze, or what were you like thinking on that? I mean, I'm gonna miss country roads definitely. I think Calgary <laughs> has a great fans. Let's leave it up there. Game winning goal. I didn't score. Didn't yeah, no, Pedersen touched so it. Pedersen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were trying to point out in the seat you scored. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, would have been fun. I mean. Win is the most important, right? So, is that, is that a type of game where you have money on the board? Like, how's it work internally? You can ask Nazem how much money on the board I put up. He knows. <laughs> hey, what was the best thing that you could share with us that you heard tonight from one of your from one of your old teammates? They were chirping me, yeah. so it's fun. In what in what way? Uh, we will leave it up there. You know, it's 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 in between us. I mean, I, I love them to love me, so it's a it's a mutual relationship. You know, so I think I had fun playing against them today. With all the build-up, how good does it feel to, to get the first one out of the way and then be able to really get this going with the new group? It feels great. I mean, it's important to win for this team. You know, um, the last, last couple, you know, it's, it's a big road game. We play a really good hockey team on the road, and we stuck with it. We all, I think all the boys played their asses off today. So it's uh, it's definitely a nice uh, starting point of my career for us, the Canucks. How was it playing with Tyler again after a decade between stints with him? Yeah, he's a good player. He makes really good plays. I mean, he's been in the league for so long, for almost a thousand games. It's a, it's a pleasure to play with the players like that. Uh, yeah, we were joking before the game, going to run it back, so hopefully we keep going in, in the right direction. And now you get on a plane, you go back. Are you going to jump in on a poker game? How does this work now? Well, I don't know. It's a new team. i got to earn my spot at the poker table. <laughs> Is it going to be nice to kind of get out of here, get this one that's behind you? you can, does it feel like you can really move on? Yeah, I mean, those past couple of days were pretty emotional, so I'm, I'm glad now it's, it's a new page. You're packed, you're ready to go? I'm going to miss you guys. <laughs> yes.
There you go. Uh, Nikita says he's going to miss uh, miss us. Uh, I think Flames fans will miss Nikita as well as he turned into a real big-time fan favorite here, and for good reason. Um, but now a member of the Vancouver Canucks as uh, he helps the Canucks win tonight 4-3 over the Flames. Game three of this six-game homestand half done. Uh, game four coming up on Tuesday of next week against the Minnesota Wild. Okay, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960 We'll get to your phone calls, your texts around the corner. Uh, jump in now on either medium as our Flames Talk postgame show is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks, and this is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, our Flamestock postgame show rolls on on this Saturday night. The Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks in this Pacific Division showdown. It's Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Phone lines at 403-240-4444. Text line at 960-960. Get to you in just a second. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Hear from Mackenzie Wieger. He spoke postgame following tonight's setback. The, uh, you guys have done a good job coming back despite allowing the first goal so often of late. There's only a matter of time for that to caught up with you. Yeah, I mean, we've been playing good hockey. Um, but the first period, eh, maybe first, second, and third, I thought there was just we lost the bottle in up front. And there was 50-50 bottles that I thought we could have been harder on. But the first goal or the lead or whatever had nothing to do with tonight. Was it really just the first 10 minutes of that first period there? I mean, I don't think that you lost a shot for the Yeah, I, there was moments definitely where we, we were buzzing and we definitely got some ozone time. But um, they just, like I said, both net front and the D zone, net front and the ozone, we, they, I felt like they pushed us around, that's including me. We won a lot of the 50-50 battles in the games against Colorado, the games against Dallas. When mm-hmm. you're not winning those, how can you kind of get it back, get it back on track in the second or in the third or something like that? Oh, that's just... Uh, you know your inner compete level and uh, that, that for level, and maybe the inner dog in you. You know when you're going head to head with somebody in a puck bottle, you know you want to, you know, have the courage to beat them in there and get that puck. And I thought they they were the better team at the 50-50 battles time. Mackenzie, I know you just said it. It's not about who scored the first goal tonight, but this team has found itself trailing mm-hmm. a lot. Is there a way to cure that, if that's the right word for it? Yeah, our starts. Uh, we can we can start on time and start better, and um, you know push the pace. I thought you know that first ten minutes they sort of dictated the pace, uh, and we should be the one in our whole building to dictate the pace uh, in the first ten minutes. But uh, you know we're, I mean the last few games obviously we haven't had the lead. And we're, that's a position that we're comfortable in. And we faced you know adversity in that moment. There was an opportunity for us there at the end to you know tie it up as well, but. Um, you know, there were some good things, but I thought overall, I thought the compete level, they, they out-competed us. Apologies if this was already asked, but how tough was it allowing that third goal from Vancouver just before the end of the second period? Oh, yeah, I mean, the last, you know, five minutes of each period, you, you really want to dig in and not let any goals happen, and that's when you, you know, <clears throat> you know, if you're on there for the last minute or last two minutes of each period, it's usually our top guys, and you want to be in the O zone trying to score a goal, but if you're back there, you got to defend hard, and those can kind of deflate you for sure. And um, you know, those were obviously tough to give up. But in the third period, um, there were obviously opportunities to come back in the game. But I felt like there was moments in the third too where we were a little bit slower and lacked the goal. 
it didn't feel like we were we had the hop that we usually the juice that we usually do. There you go. That is Mackenzie Weger postgame following tonight's 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. We're underway on your Flames Talk postgame show. Pat Steinberg along with you. Phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. We'll get there in just seconds. First save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. Jacob Markstrom got the start against his old team tonight, and Jacob's save of the game comes in period number three. Panev who slides it ahead to Lintol. Crosses the Canucks line. And skips it up the near side to Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich protecting the puck for Myers. He'll give it to Weger at the left point, but he coughs it up. And now Mikheyev picks it up, and he's got a breakaway. Mikheyev in, shoots, and Markstrom makes a brilliant blocker stop. That ends up being, when it's all said and done, one of 18 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight. And that's his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. So, uh, there's your save of the game. Let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at 960-960. Starting with Doug, who says, Pat, despite the loss, like how the boys have turned up the compete level, never quits becoming their trademark. I also I wanted to give the Calgary fans a huge congrats for letting Big C, Big Z have it all night, but then cheering for his assist, at least some people. Let's hope Craig makes the Canucks regret giving up those picks. That comes from Doug in Calgary. This one from our favorite Canucks fan, Sarah, here in Calgary. She says, Pat, wasn't at the game tonight, but it sounded like the last five minutes were exciting for everyone. The Flames' best players were their best players, and the Canucks had a much more even game than they did against Vegas, thinking this could be a fun matchup in the playoffs, assuming the right team wins. Of course, Sarah's talking about the Canucks. Most other people would be thinking the other way. Um, I, I, the last five minutes was fun. After Lindholm scored that goal to get to, to get it to three to two, there was lots of action in that final five. But the Flames unable to tie this game, and they, they did trail for the final 57 minutes and 57 seconds consecutively. I just compared, even though they trailed for lots against Vegas and Dallas, I just felt like the Flames were. The execution-wise and the evenness and the steadiness in their game and just a lot of the things that you really have liked about their game over the last month just felt it was a little missing tonight. That's okay. It happens. But I, I just – this uh, we, the, the first two games of this homestand were really, really strong. They took a little bit of a step back in this game tonight. But you go out, you play well against Minnesota on Tuesday, then teams aren't going to play outstanding games every single night. So it's what you do and how you respond to it. We'll see how they do Tuesday against Minnesota. Leandro says, another exciting game. Unfortunately, the comeback just came up short this time. I love how they're showing fight up until the last second. I actually just caught the second and third. How are the first two goals on Markstrom? Um, you know, the, the Hughes one was uh, a nice shot by Quinn. That might be one that you could maybe say, oh, it could have been a stop. I don't know. I thought it was fine. So that's the ninth goal of the year for Quinn Hughes. He can shoot it. Um, the Rafferty one I didn't have a problem with. Um, I, thought, I thought Markstrom was just fine again. Gave him a chance to win. Made some key stops uh, at 2-1 and 3-1. So I thought Markstrom was, uh, was fine tonight. I thought he uh, did exactly what he needed to do between the pipes. Uh, this from Denise and Brayside. Pat, if you look at the final score, you think, okay, not bad, one goal loss. But then you say Markstrom lets in the first shot. Guys are not using their bodies to take out guys. They look scared. Weger knows he has to take the man in front of the net. Gilbert goes behind the net, takes himself out of the play. The power play had opportunities to change the game, but passing slow, and they still stand still. Uh, Manjapani looks off. Hard stops, falls down, loses the puck. I'm rooting for this team, but they looked pretty sloppy. That's from 
from Denise and Brayside. Um, I actually thought the power play was one of the positives in this game. That's the one area that I would disagree with you on there, Denise. They scored twice on the power play tonight. Even though they lose the game, if that can be something that propels them, that's uh, that's good news for this Flames group. This from Tim. Uh, actually, you know what? That's uh, this from Dylan in Revelstoke. You know, Pat, I can't really grasp what everyone likes so much about Manjapani. I've tried giving hints, credit where it's due, and complimenting him on good games, but he's legitimately bad. Trying really hard doesn't mean much when you can't skate, corral a pass, or win puck battles. Oh, well. Also, pulling the goalie too early is getting old. 45 seconds? Sure. But this several minutes thing makes no sense. Letting the other team bomb it down the ice and have a 25% chance to score every time the they touch the puck. Isn't worth it to me. Hope your day's great, and great job to Corey Sarich. Between him and Megan, y'all have a great insights these days. I agree with you on that 100%, Dylan. I, I do, I will agree on the Manjapani front in that I think he really is struggling. Um, I, I have not loved Manjapani's game over the last little while. Um, I think he's capable of a whole lot more. Where we disagree is Dylan saying Manjapani's a bad player. I don't think that's true. Um, but I do think they need more from him going forward. And I think that he's capable of being a much larger impact maker on this team. Here's Seb from McKenzie who says those comeback wins and late game heroics are all well and good. But I need to see this Flames team take the lead and control the game more regularly moving forward. I'm not mad just disappointed. There you go on the text line at 960-960. We'll get back there in a little bit. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444 as the Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's kick it off tonight by saying hello to Kent. What's going on, Kent? Steinberg. How we doing? Kent from Drumheller. What's going on, Kent? Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, too. Hey, uh, you're going to love this phone call tonight. <laughs> I'm kind of a new man that. here. I, I, ca- I caught Backlund on the after hours. Okay. He's not one of my whipping boys anymore. I got total respect for that guy. Like, the way he presents himself, the way he gives to the charities, which is huge to me. These guys making all this money. Someone giving back like that, that's that's an A1 human being. Oh, so you're not no, getting any no disagreement more, on me there. Oh, no, no more whipping on uh, Backlund. Okay. So that's good. Uh, I like that. Yeah, no, that for sure. I just uh, lost my train of thought here for some reason. What? Uh, what, what, was, what? I didn't mind the loss tonight. You know, like okay. yeah, it was a bit scattered and stuff, but at least there was some effort in there. And, the Lindholm goal there, the first goal he got, that was eight, that was world class. Yeah, that move. Yeah, you know what? Boy. You know what, Kent? Like I, I, I definitely don't <laughs> knock their effort. That's for sure. I think effort has been just fine. I thought uh, that that pass from Sharon Govich to Lindholm on that goal, and then Lindholm being patient and waiting it out. That that, that was a that was a really solid, uh, really solid sequence there. No, that was terrific. And oh, that's where I got my train of thought lost. I'm a guy, if I got to eat crow, I'll eat crow, and I'll admit that I'm wrong. Pat, I'll admit that I was wrong the second, I don't know, when, fifth game I phoned in and said, yeah, the Flames are going to finish last in the league. Well, they're definitely not going to do that. I can see that now. Oh, Kent, was that, was that you who said they're going to finish behind San Jose? Well, well, maybe, I think it might have been the other Kent, right? <laughs> yeah, it must have been. It must have been the other yeah. one. no. So we're not going to finish last. I just, I don't know. I, it's so many questions up in the air of 
Are we going to be that team on the – I guess we'll see when we get there. But I'll get on to something else here. The door off. If there was any man in the world that could break my heart, it was that guy. <laughs> I followed him when he was dropped in Buffalo, then he went to Chicago, Colorado, and I thought, man, this guy is awesome. I, I remember telling my buddies, boy, if we just had a hard-hitting defenseman like that, that'd be something, man. Boy, we got him. Like the next summer, he was traded to Calgary, and I was like head over heels, excited, and it was awesome. Went out, got my Zadorov jersey last year. Everything was good. And then I don't know why he did that, but it just, you know, he was a good guy to have. He was a good defenseman. And if I kind of wish him luck there in Vancouver, but I. You know, I, I grew up, I didn't really ever like Vancouver, but their coaching staff, their footer and talk it, I think they got something going there. That's that's going to be a team to watch. It, you know, they're up there with Vegas and stuff, so, so they're definitely going to be a competitive team. Yeah, I think they play, and they, they they showed some like I, I there there was some I, I did not love them when they were in here a couple of weeks ago, November sixteenth, but they were also on the second half of back to back, and it felt like maybe there was a little bit of an emotional letdown from them. Um, this one, I, I came away pretty impressed with an in-person viewing of the Canucks. Like I, I think that they still have some areas on their team where they need to upgrade. I'm still, I, I still mm-hmm. look at that, that back end and think one more, one more shutdown type guy could help. Now Susie's out. So that, that makes a big difference. And when they get him back, I think maybe I'll have a, a higher opinion of that blue line. But I, I thought Ronick was yeah. great tonight. Hughes is all like, they, they played a good game and they, they, they've taken some big steps. There's no doubt about that. And back to us, you know, I, you get wound up and then you're excited and you say bad stuff about players. But at the end of the day, it is all about the jersey. And it's, I'm a proud, I'll be a Flames fan until I die. Even if they do do that finish last, whatever, they won't. But I, I still would have been a fan, you know? Like, so that, that never goes away. It is all about the jersey. And I got a lot of Flames jerseys, so that's good for that. All right, Ken. Anyway, I, I should let you go here and stuff, but I just want to ask you one thing, man to man, before I let you go. Sure. When I'm talking to you, do I do I seem like I'm crazy or insane or <laughs> no? Maybe, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No. Right? No. Okay. Thanks. I not at all. Trolls. I got some trolls on Facebook that argue with me all the time, so I just wanted to prove them wrong. Well, just let them be trolls then. Okay. Thanks a lot, bud. Have a good night. Good to hear from you, Kent. Talk soon. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show as we say hello to George. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight, pal? I'm good, man. Uh, do you have better takes tonight than last night, than uh, Thursday night? <laughs> well, you're about to find out. <laughs> hey, doing? buddy. You know, we, we disagree quite a bit this year, but you know I love you. Always. That's why. That's why I enjoy. That's why I enjoy sparring with you because I know that you can take it, and you know I can. My man, my man. So yeah. Um, look, the Flames play really hard lately, and and while it makes for exciting and entertaining hockey, uh, this whole getting behind the eight ball and coming from behind business is you know it's unsustainable, and it's going to catch up to them eventually as it did tonight. But I will say, uh, from the first ten games until now. It's quite a difference, and, you know, it does translate into entertainment value. Like, these these past how many games now 
have been really fun to watch just from a purely hockey fan point of view. Take the fandom out of it. So that that's good because I know a lot of people were complaining like, oh, this team's so boring and we don't and I know we don't have superstars and elite players, but they've definitely been much more entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me that, that, I know that is fast. and that's that's a good that's a good trait to have now that next step is just okay maybe if you can control the scoreboard a little more often like you don't want to be the number 2 team in time playing from behind that's not a that's not where you want to be here uh, and you also you want to not only do you want to play from behind less you also ideally want to lead a little bit more as well i'm just going to go pull that up after tonight's game as well i believe um Going into Thursday's game, they were bottom four in the NHL for time spent in the league. They've dropped to bottom three in the NHL. 272 minutes and three seconds of time in the lead. Only Anaheim and Chicago have spent more time in the lead than Calgary has. Like That's, that's, that's an area they need to get on top of, and I'm not suggesting that... The, it always needs to be like that. Like if you can rec- replicate what they did against Dallas and Vegas, they're they're probably going to have more leads. They played really solid games that night. But as a whole, if you're number two in the NHL for time spent trailing and number thirty in the NHL for time spent in the lead, yeah, that's that's not a trend that you want to see continue. For sure. And if you want to be a playoff team and ultimately make make the playoffs, if that continues, it's not going to happen. It just won't. It's going to catch up to you. You know. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a texture asked you about it, but, like, overall, what have your thoughts been of Andrew Mangiapane this year as a whole? Yeah, just just I, I didn't mind him, actually, to, to start the year, but over the last few weeks, I just – I think he's he's got more in him. Um, we've seen far more from him. Um, I, I just he has not been consistently a guy that you notice. He has not been consistently a guy that is. Uh, moving things forward. Um, I do think that line with him, Lindholm, and Sharon Govich has has taken a step, but individually, I do think that there's more there from Manjapani. I really do, and and um, that that's a guy that they're gonna they're gonna need it from. I mean, I think Manj still does a lot of the things that you expect him to do. Spends a lot of time in the offensive zone. He's got his uh, nose around the net, all that type of stuff. But he just hasn't been that guy that you know sometimes set the, sets the tone and, and that you come away with saying, geez, I mean, Manjapani worked hard, was all around it, had opportunities. I, I, I think that there's more there from him. Yeah, it, it just it seems like he's fighting it. It really does. It. And I don't know why this year, because I know he had an injury very early on in last year, and so I guess why that I get why that would affect him. But unless we're, you know, we're not privy to any knowledge here about an injury right now, it just it seems like he's fighting it, and it's weird yeah. because it's that's the type of player that he was so impactful. Say, you know, prior to two years, always impact, always impact. Even if he wasn't scoring goals, I know him scoring thirty-five goals. Look, the guy's not—he scored thirty-five goals that year. He's not a thirty-five goal scorer, if you know what I'm saying, right? But that doesn't mean he can't put up twenty to twenty-five every year. Yeah, I do. I, I do think he's. I do think he's a 20 or has the chance to be a 20, 25 minute player. For sure. For sure. I agree. So you hope he gets to that because this team lacks offense and he's, he's one of the people that has the ability to create, to, you know, to produce that offense. So um, final question for you, my friend, I'll let you go. So there was a time not too long ago at all where, you know, Vancouver had all these issues. We don't need to go over the whole Boudreaux fiasco and all that. And, 
there was a lot of their fans clamoring, clamoring for a rebuild. You have to rebuild. You have to tear it to the studs, this and this and this. Well, they didn't do it. They retooled. And it's so far, you know, a quarter of the way in the season, it's proven to, like, it looks like they've done a fabulous job. Now, I understand part of that is because their best players are their best players again this year, and that helps. I don't care what team you are. If your best players aren't your best players, you're not going to succeed. We're seeing it here in Calgary right now. You see it in certain other teams across the league. So my question is to you, there's been this debate and these conversations the entire season because of the situation Calgary's in where a lot of people want to rebuild. There are other people who want to retool. Do you think Calgary has an opportunity because of the UFA situation to do a similar type retool as Vancouver and say next year, be a really good and competitive team. Do you think that can be a possibility? Uh, yes, I do. So it's all in it's all in the moves you make, right? Like Vancouver made some good moves. They brought in some players that really fit their mold. For example, like I. But they also they also they the made... only thing that I would the only thing that I would say is that th- there's no Pedersen and there's no Hughes here, right? So, and yeah. and, and and you know. Demko is pretty good too. So I, the, but yeah. the Pedersen and Hughes thing is the one area where you're like, uh, do they have that? Um, yeah, I'm not. That, that that's the one difference I think. And again, how did they get Pedersen and Hughes? They drafted him. Exactly, but where did they draft them? Uh, they drafted them high-ish. I mean, they weren't. Neither of them were mm-hmm. number one picks. Yeah, but still, they were, I think, uh, Pedersen, I think, was sixth overall. Hughes was top five. So the point I'm trying to make is that's why I cannot, like, that's why I go back and forth like, man, it would be nice to get a top five pick, you know, on the regular. But Quinn, it's hard. Quinn but was, number, Quinn was number seven overall, and I believe Pedersen was number three. Oh, wow, really? Quinn was number seven. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Pedersen was number three, though, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's interesting because they have done a good job. Of, now, you know, three months from now, we could be having a different discussion, both on the Flames and the number Canucks. Fi- number five, by the way. So see how they turn it around. Five and seven. Okay. Pedersen was five and Hughes was seven. Yeah. It's it's interesting, Patty, because it's it's <laughs> – I keep saying it's interesting. This team's put themselves in quite the position with that start. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, do, I do applaud them for the effort, and they play hard, so – Let's see how it goes, my man. It was good talking to you. We'll talk soon. You too, Georgie. Appreciate it. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Terry is up next. What's up, Terry? Hi, Pat. Can you hear me? Well, uh, yes. You're fighting it, though, Terry. Yeah. Things are fine in Bloomington. (laughs) Are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. Just have laryngitis. That's all. Okay, okay, okay. So okay, it, it, so, it sounds worse than it is. Yeah. A okay. couple things that I noticed over the past couple of games, the Flames aren't even getting their first shot on goal till the four-minute mark. So four minutes pass before they even get a shot. That's a real slow start. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think they got off to slow starts against either Vegas or Dallas. So they were really good in both those games. Tonight, yeah, slow start. The the prior two on this homestand, I, I didn't think that. No, I'm saying the first shot on goal that we got. Yeah, I, but that's 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 pretty. I don't know. That that's pretty nitpicky. Like they 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 had lots of zone time and and were playing. Like I thought they played pretty well to start both those games. So I don't know. I, I think I I would. 
I would say you're being pretty nitpicky on that. Well, and uh, we're already down one and almost two by then. You know, wasn't a what a minute and a half later that Vancouver scored the second goal. Well, tonight, tonight, yes, they did not play. They did not get off yep. to a good start. So that 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 is fair. And there's a lot of sawdust on the ice. We've been you've been talking about Andrew Mangiapane, and he's squeezing his stick too hard. All he needs to do is loosen up, like on that two-on-one. No shot. Just quit squeezing the stick so hard. Just let it come, and he'll be fine. I hope so. Like, I, I'm still a big believer in, in Mangiapane's game. Yeah, and there's other things he can do besides score goals, play yeah. defense. Hopefully that turns out. Um, I noticed in, in the paper that Shillington was skating the other day. Yes, and and there's still no uh, time for his return, right? Correct. Uh, he did not skate with them today, for instance, uh, after skating with them on Thursday. Here, here's kind of where it is with Oliver. Oliver stayed in Calgary the entire time uh, since getting here in September. Um, he was not ready to start the year, and so the the Flames have have handled this really, really well, and and um, they they allowed him. Uh, they they've allowed him to. Go about his business and 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 to continue working through all that he's working through, um, and so he was up for getting on the ice on Thursday. Went out there at Max Bell with a, a small group, got a skate in, came back, was around the teammates, um, but. Now, you know, the, the next step, we don't know what that is. There's no expectation for what the next step is, when the next step's going to be taken, and there's no timeline and there's nothing imminent on this as it stands right now. It was just awesome to see him. It was awesome to see him walk into the locker room. It was awesome to see him on the ice, and, and when he's ready, uh, then, then he's ready. Yep, we wish him the best, and the defense could sure use him. If he does nice come back, that would be a huge addition, no doubt. It would be. Okay, I'm losing my voice, so I'll let others talk. Thanks, Pat. Terry, feel better. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully Terry feels uh, better soon. Um, but good to hear that it sounds worse than it is. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. One more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room. Let's check in with Anand. What's up, Anand? Good evening, Pat. This is your friend, Anand. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, once again, uh, tough game tonight. Uh, yeah, definitely. I just want to echo and sing. Uh, it's with, like other sports I follow, like cricket and all. If you leave uh, the scores or the goals and uh, two hanging behind, so let's say uh, we believe in comebacks, honestly. Uh, but if you leave it too late, it can become a disaster and not enough uh, comeback wins or it. Uh, amongst the pressures that we have. I have one question for you uh, about AJ Greer. Do you know, uh, sorry to put you on the spot, but do you know how much ice time AJ Greer had tonight? Yes, he played 8 minutes and 11 seconds, which is right around what we usually see from him. Maybe a slightly less, but kind of in the ballpark of what we usually see from him. Yeah, do you think maybe he can be given a little, uh, little bit more item because I know he contributes with the goals and he's tied um, with one of the leading scorers. Do you think he can be given a little bit more item uh, so that he can contribute a little bit more? Um, I think that we've seen a couple of times that they have elevated him, but I think he is 
best suited in the spot he's in right now. I think I think it makes the most sense to have him as a really effective fourth liner. I think that's kind of when he's at his most effective. So I think there will be nights when he's really going that Ryan Huska will bump him up and give him a little bit more time. But I, I think he's he's properly slotted where he is. Right. And what did you think of uh, Dylan Dubé tonight and how he played? Thought he played well. He was uh, all around it, was one of their more uh, effective players tonight. And last question, what do you think was the setback? Was it the defense part of the team that was the setback for tonight? Um, I just, like, defensively? Yeah. I thought that they uh, were a little... Um, a little looser on their um, um, suppression. So, like, when the the Canucks – I thought there were stretches tonight where the Canucks were just able to gain the zone way too easily. And so um, I think that that is one area where I think that they were not as good tonight. Um, and, and just some of their zone reads and, and reads in front of the net, I thought that uh, – or around the net weren't as strong as we've seen recently. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks for taking my call. Have a good night and talk to you on Tuesday. Good to hear from you, Anna, and be well. Yeah, thank you. You too, Sim. Thanks, buddy. 403-240-4444 is your phone number as the Flames fall by a 4-3 score to the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Phone lines remain open. Text line remains open. Uh, but let's go back inside the locker room here from Elias Lindholm. Post game, he had a couple of goals in this game tonight. See us the difference out there tonight. Uh, yeah, I think uh, overall they were more desperate than us. Um, yeah, I think uh, obviously in the first they were uh, you know stronger on pucks and won more battles and and were better just overall. So uh, I think uh, yeah overall today we weren't good enough uh, to win the game. It's only a matter of time. You guys keep allowing that first goal. It's a dangerous game to play because eventually you're going to run out of comebacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, would like to play with lead, but uh, uh, it just seems uh, seems seems to be that way right now. Uh, uh, be down a lot and, and come back, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Like you said, we're on our luck uh, today, and, and uh, yeah, it's a dangerous game to play. Uh, I think we're uh, we got to come out better and, and be better in the first. Strange to see uh, Zadorov on the other side at all. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's uh, it's just a business, I guess. It's uh, uh, we move on. Um, you know, um, we got a great group in here, and, and unfortunately, we can win there. When when you say dangerous game, like can you just explain how difficult it is to constantly be playing catch up in this league? I mean, it's it's frustrating and it's hard. Um, you know, uh, overall, I think we're we're done a good job uh, throughout the the season here, and especially lately, but. Uh, you know, um, we've got to be, be be more hungry in the first and more hungry to get the lead in the beginning there. And, and uh, you know, once we get it, uh, um, um, I think we're we're a comfortable and mature group to, to play with the lead, but uh, just gotta just gotta get it right. So, what? Uh, sorry, one more. Okay. What's a couple power play goals do for a, a group that probably needed a couple? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is something obviously we we can build off, but. Uh, uh, right now, it's uh, it's just frustrating uh, losing this game and, and the way we lost it. Um, you know, uh, being being kind of uh, pushed 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 out in the first. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's definitely something we can look uh, uh, you know build build something from. 
There you go. Elias Lindholm uh, postgame following tonight's 4-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. As we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show, it's Pat Steinberg along with you as we select tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And uh, it's funny, Corey Saric named Yegor Sharangovich his honorable mention on the hardest working flame. I thought Sharangovich had himself a really solid night tonight. And I'm going to go with Yegor as our Player with Heart tonight. Had an assist, a primary on Elias Lindholm's first goal. Had three shots on goal. Led the team with six shot attempts. Led the team with five Five scoring chances and also uh, tied for the team lead with two high danger chances. Thought Sharon Govich was really, really good and he's been on a real nice run for this team over the last month or so as well. Really starting to settle in. So, uh, Yegor Sharon Govich is tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments. Not available at your doctor's office. Visit heartfit.ca. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time tonight. Check in with Rasmus Anderson. He spoke following a one-goal loss to the Canucks. What did you see as the difference out there tonight? Um, I thought we were a little sloppy to start. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of special teams and uh, and stuff like that. But a little sloppy to start. But then, you know, we, we play a good third period. But, you know, we, we chase the whole third period. That's usually when you... You know, they, they defend well, and we chase and um, manage to get one, but not the other one. So, um, yeah, or we'll, uh, sloppy start, and after that, we kind of picked our game up a little bit. The uh, the comebacks have been such a good story, and, you know, there's been so much resilience, but is there a cautionary tale that you can't be chasing constantly? Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you never want to chase a game. You want to play, you know, with, with a few goals lead. But, um, you know, I think... Uh, We've done a good job. We've done a good job in the third, though, um, when we were down. And uh, but yeah, better first and a second and play with the lead. How tough was it allowing that uh, third goal from Vancouver just before the end of the second? Third, oh yeah, I mean it's a yeah, it's it's one of those bounces and you know uh, brutal. But um, you know. Um, we come back, I mean, we make it a 3-2 goal, and then huh, another lucky bounce for them. Uh, that goes in, and it's uh, 4-2, and then we make 4-3. And, and, you know, we're close, so I mean, two incredibly lucky bounces by them. Um, you, you mentioned the first period, but, I mean, it was really only the first 10 minutes, right? I mean, this, this is from about 10-21 until 5 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, but that's enough when you're down 2 nothing, right? And, you know, you, you chase after 10, 10 minutes into a game, and... Uh, and yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, they get uh, two incredible bounces, and uh, yeah, it was one of those nights uh, tonight for Vancouver, not for us. Couple. Of- I asked the coaches earlier, like about yeah, you've been outscored a lot in the first goal in the last like 14 games, but are you, are you disappointed with your play in the opening periods as well? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's. I I honestly don't know. Uh, you know, it's just this one is on the top of my head and. We're flat to start, and um, and you know it's um, it's a rivalry game, and uh, you can't come out on your heels. Uh, you know, especially when they when they lost last game too. And you, we knew they were going to come out and um, and push up to start, and um, that's what they did. And uh, we just weren't really ready for it. A couple of power play goals. How much did you feel that group kind of took a step forward? Um, yeah, a uh, really nice play by. Uh, you know, Weeks and Rosie there on the uh, backs is cold. And um, and then, yeah, it's a six on four. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was nice to see the power play get rewarded. 
There you go. That is Rasmus Anderson postgame following tonight's 4-3 setback to Vancouver. Our last trip inside the Flames locker room is Rasmus. We've also heard from Mackenzie Weger, Elias Lindholm, and head coach Ryan Huska. Heard live from Mark Savard and Yegor Sharangovich. Uh, we got you covered on your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Steinberg along with you on this Saturday night into Sunday morning. 4-3 the final score. Flames fall to the Vancouver Canucks. Back to the text line we go at 969.60 following this one tonight. This reads, unfortunately, the team is 0-2 on Indigenous Celebration Night, but they're 2-for-2 on opening ceremonies for Indigenous Night. For the second year in a row, that anthem gave me chills. It felt playoff-like before puck drop. Uh, They just did an unbelievable job of uh, paying tribute to our First Nations here in Alberta and uh, on Indigenous Celebration Night. Thought it was awesome. Um... You know, it was awesome to see the, the, the different members of the seven First Nations in the locker room this morning doing a little prayer with the team and how they uh, were able to um, – it was just cool to see how they uh, integrated all of uh, the seven First Nations here in Alberta into the night and uh, also was very cool to see, on top of that, um, Renny Bork, who dropped the uh, the opening puck. I saw Borky walk by and uh, said hi to him for a little bit. It's always cool to see Renny back in uh, in the building as well, so that was pretty neat too. So I, I thought they absolutely nailed it um, 100%. This reads, Pat, I'll fill in for Labardius. Mark Pesek is one of the really quality guys. Good NHL and AHL pro. You could do a lot worse bringing those young guys along with him. Uh, Let me tell you this. I would go. Uh, I would absolutely encourage you to go listen to our chat with Mark Pesek because it speaks to just that. Um, Mark uh, joined me, and I chatted with him a little earlier on Saturday. We'll uh, play it in its entirety coming up on Monday's Flames Talk, but it's available for you as a bonus on the Flames Talk podcast feed right now, wherever you get your podcast. He was very, very good, easy to talk to, super excited about joining the Flames. Uh, the Flames signed Pesek, a 31-year-old right shot defenseman with more than 500. NHL games to his name a little earlier on Saturday. Not one, but two Achilles injuries last season. Um, So summer of 2022, he sustained his first Achilles uh, Achilles tear, worked his way back, and then as he was ramping up, it tore again. So it happened twice. He gets all the way back, has a good summer, goes to training camp on a PTO with Pittsburgh, and then blocks a shot off the foot from Patrick Laine, breaks his foot, and then that keeps him out for the rest of training camp eventually signed an ATO with Pittsburgh went to Wilkes-Barre in the American League played eight games there and then uh, on Saturday morning the Flames made it official uh, signed him to a one-year deal at NHL minimum one year two-way uh, he's going to go to the American League if he clears waivers Sunday afternoon once he clears waivers probably head to the American League for a little bit get some more games under his belt and then see if we see a recall for Mark Pesic at some point the fact he's a right shot is a very interesting part of the signing as well well, uh, this reads, Pat, very entertaining game. Flames have another slow start and take some dumb penalties. Flames need a quarterback on the power play. Uh, could they be working on a trade? It's too soon to parlay a UFA. Um, I don't think that they would be working on a t- – well, I mean, I, I, actually, I don't know. I would be surprised if they were working – 
on a trade for a power play quarterback because, you know, the Quinn Hughes and Kale McCars, you don't usually just go trade for those guys. Um, I still think Rasmus Anderson has the ability to be a really high-end power play quarterback in this league and on this team. And I know that he has seen his power play time reduced here over the last little bit, like tonight, uh, only played 23 seconds on the power play, and he's they've actually kind of transitioned him into more of a killing role. But I still think Rasmus is the best chance that they have of being a power play quarterback. He showed it uh, at times a couple seasons ago. He's shown it. He showed it at times last year. So I, I think that there is still something there, and I do think he'll eventually work his way back onto uh, the power play as well. Uh, this says, Pat, nice to see Lindholm get a couple tonight after what I think has been a tough start to the season. Flames might have dodged one with him turning down the reported offer in the $9 million range in the summer. If they decide to move him, I see the Capitals as a good potential trade partner for Lindholm. They're off to a decent start, need a center to replace Backstrom, and have a decent amount of draft capital. Thanks, now. Have a great night that comes from Joe. Um, actually, I hadn't thought about that as a potential landing spot for a guy like Lindholm. Washington's 12-7-2. They lost tonight, but they sit third in the Metro right now. Yeah, I, I could see that being an interesting fit for the Capitals if they remain in the conversation for a playoff spot, which decent chance they will. Um, this says, uh, Pat, the slow start includes the goalie. He let a soft one in on the first shot that the boys looked a bit slow tonight and their battle level didn't seem to be there. Uh, this says, um, what we know with every loss, it just helps Conroy rebuild mission. Conroy's rebuild mission become clearer. The honeymoons should be over with this group right now. He couldn't give away, give 10 away with that anchor of a contract. Savard's power plays an absolute disaster, especially for a bunch of pros. It's strange that there's been some power play or people ripping on the power play when they scored two power play goals and looked pretty dangerous on it have looked pretty dangerous on it the last three games or so um i know before that it wasn't clicking but i I haven't i haven't minded the power play this week that's for sure it's looked a whole lot better uh this from tj Missed the first two periods and ended up only catching the third. Honestly, love how the boys are always battling. I'm okay with losing games if this team will never say die. I just wanted to ask you in your eyes, how did Zadorov play tonight in a Canucks jersey? And do you have any insight as to why he chose to wear number 91? Uh, well, for 91, I don't know why 91. I know why he's not wearing 16 because that number's retired in Vancouver, so he can't wear Linden's 16. Don't know why he chose 91, though. Uh, as for how he played tonight, thought he was fine thought he um he looked like Nikita maybe a little more dialed back maybe a little less freelancing from Zadorov tonight but you know he was physical a couple times he and Tyler Myers had some interesting shifts in a good way they had some interesting shifts in an adventure way but I thought Nikita Zadorov had a decent game tonight in his uh debut for the Vancouver Canucks and finally from Ash, is it me, or have the Flames seemingly lost a lot of Saturday games this year? Also, I'm quite pleased with the Pesic signing. In his career, he's played on the fourth line as a forward when needed. Do you think he'll be called up over D. Simone if Tanev's traded since he's a right-hand D? Finally, I think it may be time to swap Dubé and Manchapani on lines one and four, respectively. Your thoughts? Curious to see if they keep rolling with these line combinations when they practice next on Monday morning. Um, as for the question about uh, Pesic, I think he would absolutely be a guy who who might even be recalled before they potentially make a trade. Like, go down, play some games with the Wranglers. I know they want to get him ramped up and have him play some games in the American League. So maybe play two or four or six games down there with Trent Cull and the Wranglers, and then maybe then he gets recalled. And you put Pesic, if, if, he's, if he is 
playing well. Like, he's never going to be a guy that gets you a lot of points. He's never going to be a guy that puts up a lot of numbers. But as a right shot D, if all of a sudden you want to pair him with Gilbert on your third pair, I I don't think that's out of the question, even if Tanev and Hannafin are still here. So I I actually would be – I'm actually – I don't know, the expectation for me anyway is that we do see a Pesic recall in the not-so-distant future. Um, and I don't know if it is two or four games or whatever he ends up playing in the American League, but I do think that they look at him as an NHL option on this team. Just want to get his game ramped back up. He's played only eight pro games since the start of last season. Didn't play any games last year and only has eight in the American League on an amateur tryout this year. So I know they want to get his game ramped up a little bit before they throw him to the NHL Wolves. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays itself out. Um, Okay. Before we get back to the phone lines, it is uh, time to look ahead. It's time for Looking Ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit OncolyticsBiotech.com. So, this homestand continues Tuesday. Game four of six on this homestands against the Minnesota Wild Tuesday night, 7 o'clock face-off on Sportsnet West. Um, and the Flames have had a lot of success against Minnesota over the last little while, they went 2-1-0 against them last season. That included a one nothing shootout win in March that was an absolute thriller. Overall, Calgary 6-1-1 in games against the Wild, dating back to January of 2020. So that's what's next up. It's the Minnesota Wild. Then uh, Thursday of next week, the Flames host Carolina. Saturday afternoon, Next Saturday afternoon, it's the New Jersey Devils. That is your looking ahead piece. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech. Fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Back to the phone lines we go. couple more calls before we wrap things up tonight. We say hello to Han up first. What's up, Han? Uh, hey, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, boys are playing pretty good. Yeah, we lost today. Um, I think we're going in the uh, right direction right now. Uh, as uh, planning for the next arena and the builder. Um, sorry, say that last part again. Uh, like, we will be getting a lot of picks and stuff like uh, that with all the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Han. I'm I'm curious to see how – I mean, I, I think that there's a decent chance that they do stock up with some picks and some, um, and some younger players with these UFAs. I still think that's probably what we're going to see. But in saying that um, – I do think they're still very much in wait-and-see mode with this group right now because they are playing a whole lot better than they were before. So I don't know if there's a ton of urgency to make any trades right now. That's not to say they wouldn't. And and if they do, I I think that you'll see trades similar to the one that they made with Sidorov, maybe not identical. I do know that Craig Conroy and the Flames, uh, they also covet younger NHL players, you know, guys who might be in their early 20s who are ready to step in right now. Um, so, yeah, it'll be curious to see where this team goes here. Uh, because that's what, that, that's what I was thinking, actually. Uh, Conroy, we traded Sidorov. Uh, Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we got 
you know, like uh, financial space for that. Yep. And then maybe in future, the way I'm thinking is like, okay, they're not going to keep all three of them. No, I, I don't think that all three guys will remain. Uh, I, I think that there, there's going to be at least one. I, my, my guess would be still multiple trades here. Uh, so if it is the one, who is that, that going to be? Um, like are you, my guess, my guess, if, if yeah, I were to guess, absolutely. if I were to guess absolutely. as to which one of the three remaining pending UFAs, big name pending UFAs remain, uh, my guess would be, it would be between Hannafin and Tanev and my guess would be Hannafin, but I still think there's a decent chance that all three of them end up getting traded. Um, yeah, I agree on Hanatan, like totally. Um, uh, yeah, that's the last one. And the next one is, uh, uh, you know, uh, I talked to you like a couple of weeks ago, giving, you know, it's uh, Christmas time and all that. Masjid, please help. Even $1 will help everybody. Everybody's listening. Please go donate. Absolutely. It's a big gospel. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Have a good night. Han, always a pleasure. You be well, hey? Oh, you as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you, Han. We'll talk soon. And uh, our last call tonight, we say hello to Will. What's going on, Will? Hey, Patty. How's it going, buddy? I'm okay. How are you? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> okay. Um, anyhow... Jonathan Huberto, um, I think it's time to just sit him down as a healthy scratch and let him sit up in the press box for a game or two. Um, what's what's wrong? Yeah, what, what's wrong with Huberto? He's been playing well lately. I know, but we don't have finishers on this team, Pat. We don't, um, and he's got to learn to shoot the puck. That's my big yeah. I, I, I don't. I, I don't quite understand where you're going with this. He's been really good for him lately. Thought he was. Thought he was one of their better, more dangerous players tonight. And now you're saying uh, healthy scratch him. I, I. I don't follow. Well, we had the same thing with Johnny Gaudreau, right? And when when was Johnny when was Johnny Gaudreau ever healthy scratched other than the one time as a rookie? We put him up a couple times. No, nope. one time. Out. One time when he was a rookie. Okay. Well, basically my point is he has to shoot the puck. He has to start shooting. We don't have finishers. And he never got a single shot tonight. Okay. So... I just want him. To That's not true. He had he had he had a shot. When I looked at stats, I didn't see a shot on goal for uh, for Huberto. No, he had a shot. Did he? Now, now you know what they may have taken it away though because they changed. There was a uh, there was a goal. He was actually credited with a goal. So no, you're right. He did not have a shot tonight because they made the change. So uh, they they had him as a uh, as a goal scorer on the four three goal, but then they changed it to Lindholm. So no, uh, he did not have a shot. Did have a few attempts to, though tonight. I, I, and I I thought he was quite dangerous. Thought he was. And look, 
J- Jonathan Huberdeau is a 30-year-old NHLer, man. Uh, he's got, like, however many games under his belt. Um, he'll always be a pass-first guy. I, I don't, like... Uh, you can scream all you want about Jonathan Huberdeau almost at 800 NHL games shooting the puck more, but like, I, I think that he's got a pretty – I don't know if we're going to be seeing him turn into a shooting gallery anytime soon. Yeah, I know. I just think it would help a lot more if he started to shoot the puck because I, I think uh, teams got him figured out and we don't have finishers. Well, again, I, I think, but I, you're 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 kind of I don't know, like you, he's he's been really good. Like he had two primary assists in the win on on Thursday. He was great, and and he's been. I thought he was pretty solid tonight. I, I don't. So I get it. Like big picture, you want him to shoot more, but he he seems like he's trending in a good direction, and. I, I do think that he has made a little bit more of a conscious effort in shooting the puck this year than maybe in years past, uh, or year past because it's only been the one game, uh, one season rather. But yeah, I, I the the whole idea of sitting him down just because Will wants him to shoot more that doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you ask me. Fair point, and you might might be right. I might be being a little bit tough. But uh, I just I'd like to see him take some more shots. Not Fair just enough. always pass. We need guys going to the net and again. But uh, again, shoot. let's let's also not forget that he is he's got 800 NHL games under his belt, and or almost 800 NHL games under his belt. And yeah, he's probably not going to turn into a high volume shooter at any point um, between now and the end of his. And also, the other thing, Will, is, and I just went and pulled the numbers, he is shooting it way more than he did last year, like significantly more. Uh, I, I knew he was, but I just wanted to go see to what extent at this point he's shooting it way more than he did last year. So he is shooting the puck a whole lot more, but he's always going to be a pass first guy. Yeah, and so was Johnny. And then he started to shoot more, and we started to get more out of him, right? I, I don't know. Like, they're very different players. They are. I'll give you that, my friend. Um. Anyhow, I won't keep you too long, but uh, hopefully you weren't too mad at me on last time I called because uh, I know I didn't uh, make your podcast, so... No, it was too, you know did, you know what it was. That. It was too long of a call, is why we cut it from the podcast. Okay, so it wasn't exactly what I was saying or arguing about. No, I mean I I I, I thought it was a little unfair, but I'm a big boy. I might have been a little bit tough. <laughs> I'm a big boy though, so that's not no, that's not why uh, why it happened. I just we needed to trim it down and that was like a 10 minute call so that was why it uh it didn't make the podcast okay brother i won't keep you and uh yeah sorry i was tough on you last time but uh after listening to the podcast and everything um you did have information that i didn't have still not happy with the trade but that's fair I think we could have uh, held them a little longer for a little bit more. That's fair. I, I think they needed to make it happen in an expedited fashion. Um, and so, yeah. 
All right, Pat. Well, hopefully uh, the team does uh, better because I don't know. With the way things are going, it looks like our season is done. I, I don't know. They they played two really good games in a row and then took a slight step. Actually, been, they, they, they just came off a really good month in November. I'm not suggesting that they're um, they're ready to – start challenging for top spot in the conference, but they're two points out of a playoff spot and they've played some really good hockey in the month of November. Uh, so I, I, I actually think that they're in a much better spot than, than they were, you know, a month ago. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I would not suggest that I think their season's done. That's for sure. Well, I'm hoping not, but I mean, if yeah, Tonight was a big two points, and we didn't get it. No, and and but teams lose, and so now it's all about what comes next and and how they bounce back. And you know what worries me, Pat, is um, I think we're like thirteenth in the NHL for most games played, and um, there's a lot of teams that have games on us. Yep, and and look, Will, they they dug themselves, and we got to wrap up or you're going to end up out of the podcast again because it's going to go too long. (laughs) Um, They they – they absolutely dug themselves a hole, and now they've got to they've got to work hard to completely overcome it. But they did they did a nice job in in November, and now we'll see how they can keep it going from there. It's uh, we got to wrap uh, because otherwise it's going to go too long. Uh, I appreciate it, Will. It's good to hear from you. We'll talk soon. All right, Pat. Thank you. We'll talk soon, man. Uh, that'll wrap us up on the text line tonight. That'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Great stuff on the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line, as always, as the Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight. Winning streak snapped at 2 for the Flames. They'll try to uh, get back to the 500 mark when they play again on Tuesday. Here's how we got to tonight's final score as uh, Vancouver essentially led wire to wire in this one as they scored 203 into the first period when Quinn Hughes scored his ninth of the season. Hughes from Brock Besser and Philip Ronick to make it one nothing Vancouver. Then a little more than six minutes after that, Vancouver takes their first two-goal lead on Sam Rafferty's sixth of the year. Rafferty from Ilya Mikheyev and Ronick at 837 to make it 2 nothing Canucks. Flames get one back on the power play. They snapped a seven 17 power play drought with a Michael Backlund goal at 12:18 of the first period. Backlund's fifth from Adam Rzichka and Mackenzie Weger at 12:18. Flames trail 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. To the second period we go, and late in the middle frame, Canucks uh, regain their two-goal lead when Mikheyev scores to make it 3-1. His eighth of the year from Elias Pettersson and Lafferty at 19:32 of the second period, and Vancouver led 3-1 after 40 minutes of play. We take you all the way to the final five minutes of the third period when the Flames get back within one. Elias Lindholm scores his sixth of the year from Yegor Sharangovich and Chris Tanev at 15. 15- 39 to make it 3-2. Flames pushed 
they pull their goalie, and Vancouver scores a lucky one into the empty net. It must have pinballed like two or three times from about 180 feet and eventually finds its way into the back of the net. Elias Pedersen scores the 4-2 goal into an empty net. His 10th from Nikita Zadorov and Tyler Myers at 18:40. That would be an empty net game winner because, what, uh, 26 seconds later, the Flames get back within one on the power play. Lindholm scores again. Lindholm's seventh and second of the period from Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson at 19.06. That makes it 4-3. Flames could not eventually tie the game, and they end up losing by that same 4-3 final. Final shots were 23-22 in favor of the Canucks. The Flames go 2-for-5 on the power play. Vancouver 0-for-4 with the man advantage tonight. Your three stars, number three, Elias Lindholm, number two, Philip Ronick, and number one, Ilya Mikheyev with the loss. Flames fall to 10-11-3. They're back in action Tuesday at home to Minnesota, while Vancouver improves to 16-8-1. They're back in action Tuesday at home to the New Jersey Devils. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Corey Sarich, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Evan Cody, for our reporter, Matty Rose, and for our outstanding producer, Azamali Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. That will uh, start to wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned, next up for the Flames, Tuesday night against Minnesota. It is a 7 o'clock face-off, which means we're on the air at 6 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Uh, have yourself a wonderful rest of your weekend. The final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome tonight, Flames fall 4-3 to Vancouver. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet. <clears throat> Let me try that again. And then Azam can um, cut it together so it sounds a whole lot better on the podcast as I almost died there. Uh, your final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome, the Flames fall 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.